episode 15 of Back to the Future, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Matt Satilli. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Owen Shadrick. Good to see you, sir. How you doing today? I'm good, Matt. It was a, a great couple of days of baseball, and now we're back for another pod interview. This is going to be a good one with Jared Dupree. Yeah, uh, we had a really great time talking to him, and I am not in my traditional setup today. I am at my second job. It's Wednesday morning, so uh, quick shout out to my boss for letting me record. Um, but yeah, no, another another great couple nights of baseball. Um, there have been a lot of close games. I was in Westfield last night watching the Bravehearts take on the Starfires. Very good back and forth game. Worcester ended up pulling it out. They got the go-ahead run in the top of the ninth. And we had our third home run derby last night between Nashville and Brockton. Yeah, last night we had our third home run derby. It was awesome to follow right when I got home from my game, which was in North Shore, where the Bees and Drew Mead beat the North Shore Navigators. Mead going seven innings and striking out ten. That's easily the deepest start of the year. It's been a great couple of games and can't wait for the upcoming ones. Yeah, I'll be in New Britain tonight watching Jared Dupree and the Nashua Silver Knights taking on the Bees. Excited for that one. And you will be in Brockton, so some more great baseball coming up tonight. And once again, it was an awesome interview with Jared, so let's get right on into it. Here is Jared Dupree. At this time, we now welcome on a very special guest. He was named to the 2019 First Team All-FCBL, and he was a 2019 FCBL All-Star. And this summer, he returns to Nashua for the second consecutive FCBL season. It is Jared Dupree of the Nashua Silver Knights. Jared, thank you so much for joining us. How you doing? How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, pleasure to have you on. Uh, now, we're recording on Wednesday morning. And I know it was a late night for you at the ballpark last night. Great win over Brockton. So, thanks for, thanks for getting up early and chatting some baseball with us. Oh, no problem. No problem. It was, uh, it was a great win last night. Yeah, we'll get into that a little later. But to start, uh, what initially made you decide to return to Nashua and the FCBL this season? Uh, yeah, so uh, at first I was actually slated to play with Ocean State um, in the NECBL, and uh, that got canceled. So right away um, I texted uh, Coach Jackson, and actually at first he said the team was uh, full, there was no outfield spots open. So I was like, ah, man. And then uh, like a few weeks later he uh, he got back to me, and he's like, hey, uh, a spot opened up. Would you like to come back? And I was like, I was pumped. I was so excited. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. Yeah, so how did you get in touch with Cam Cook? It's his first year as GM there, and also Katie Aaron, who's been fantastic. She's been sending us a lot of great pictures and uh, keeping us in the loop. And what's it like playing for a general manager who played for Nashua as recently as 2017 and is pretty familiar with the culture that you guys have there? Yeah, so actually uh, I was really close with them, both of them last year. Um, so it was kind of – so basically coming back, it was really easy to uh, get to know them and stuff like that. And Cam, he's a great guy. Uh, he's <laughs> – He's like one of us, you know, and then um, if we have like any problems, he's, he's really easy to talk to. Same with Katie. They both really care about the players and they want like really what's best for us. And they did a great job with uh, everything that's going around around Nashua with the COVID disease and like how to make us safe. So um, they are really easy to talk to and uh, we all enjoy being around them. Yeah. And with all this COVID-19 stuff, what was it like to finally play in front of Silver Knights fans again? Oh my God, the the Nashua fans are uh, something else. They're uh, they're awesome. Uh, I know last year, uh, obviously, uh, the capacity this year is a little bit different, but they still come out. They love we love playing in front of them. They uh, they love watching us. So um, just to play in front of them again uh, is something I really miss, and I thought I would never 
get a chance at again. So um, uh, it's awesome every time we play at Holman Stadium. Uh, it's a great, it's a great time. Yeah, and this season you guys kind of struggled a little bit out of the gate, but you've seen to find your groove. You've now won five of your last seven games. What has gone right for this team lately, and how did everything change after the first three games? Yeah, so I think it's been tough because a lot of us haven't seen live pitching in three or four months. So I think just those first few games back, we were kind of – the bats just didn't really come alive as they expected to with this type of lineup that we have. So I think uh, over the last four or five games, we really – locked down and our bats have really come alive and I think that's just because we haven't seen live in so long so I feel like we're really starting to see the ball well um, against these top arms I, um, I think uh, hopefully we can keep it going because uh, this lineup is uh, really really talented. Yeah so last night's game against Brockton was the first home run derby at Holman Stadium and just curious what was it like watching that on the sidelines with all your teammates going crazy for Dom and having now experienced one at home and on the road this season, how big of an advantage do you think is provided to the home team who gets to hit last and is a little bit more familiar with the ballpark? Yeah, I think it's huge. Always to hit second in a homer derby is because uh, you know what number you have to beat. So um, I think that was big for Dom and then all of us, it was awesome to be a part of the first homer derby at a, such a good ballpark as home at stadium. Uh, it was awesome. And then to, to win, Dom was, uh, Dom was awesome. At first he was a little worried. He goes, Ooh, I don't know if I can get 10, but uh, he kind of got on a roll in the middle there and uh, he hit some bombs. So uh, that was, uh, that was really exciting. And then have to have the fans there and they're pumped there. It was their first time obviously seeing at home. So uh, it was great to come up with the win. Yeah. So, you know, what does a win like that do to help keep momentum rolling, especially because you guys have dealt with some rain delays, and I'm sure that's tough to get out to a hot start and then have to keep busy, stay stretched, get ready whenever the game resumes in, say, an hour or two. But, you know, to come back, get the W, what does that say for your team? Yeah, that was huge. Uh, one of our kind of, like, uh, pitchers like, after that was like, this is a must win because uh, just about, like, everything that went on um, – with the, uh, with the rain. I think that was our third rain delay in, um, out of like our four or five home games, which is crazy. So we weren't used to it, but like we all were like, all right, we're going to play. We're going to play because they, they do such a good job maintaining the field. And we checking out the radar. We're like, all right, we're going to play. We're going to play. And then Cam did a good job of telling us like what time uh, we were going to come back. So we're all kind of ready at that point. And then when we came out, they, they changed pitchers. They brought a lefty in, but I thought our hitters did a great job adjusting to the different pitcher. And, um, yeah, it was just a great win last night, and um, I thought we did a good job just staying focused throughout the rain delay. Yeah, that's great, and rain delays can definitely be tough. So we talked about home runs, and that's one thing you do really well is hit home runs. You are currently tied with the league league with two, and you finished last season with eight, which was second league. How do you value your power at the plate? Uh, I definitely think it's big. I know my coach uh, from college talks about it a lot. He goes, this kid can hit the ball a lot further than a lot of kids and it sounds different off his bat. So um, I think it's just all kind of started when I was younger. Um, when I was 10 or 11, my dad owns a gym. So uh, he's, he's also like a trainer, like on the side job. So he got me in the gym as young as possible. So uh, that's kind of helped me. I think uh, I'm stronger than like a lot of kids. So I feel like when I hit the ball square on, it goes far. And I think uh, the power in this, day of game of baseball is uh huge that everyone everyone's valuing the uh the home run ball so i think it's uh, a big part of my game now did you have a chance to train at that gym when you were in quarantine and have a chance to stay sharp instead of like rigging up a home setup 
I did actually. I was really lucky. He uh, he let me sneak in uh, whenever I wanted to. I got a key, and uh, it was just me in there, and I had to keep the lights off. But um, yeah, I was re- definitely really fortunate to uh, have a have a gym like that to go to during everything shut down. Love it. It's like when the uh, high school basketball star makes friends with the janitor and gets in early to get some shots up. So that's that's great that you were able to stay in shape. And, you know, your first at bat of the season, I would say it went pretty well. You launched the first home run of the summer, uh, hashtag FCBL bomb on Twitter. You can see us tweeting those out. So what did it feel like to come back and immediately put one out of the park and just feel like, okay, you know, the pitchers might have an advantage early on, but I feel like I can start to find my groove here. Yeah, that that was that was an awesome. My my family was there, the fans, first game back. I haven't seen live pitching in three or four months and then my first at bat, you know, I'm all nervous and stuff like that. And to uh send the first my first at bat uh, out was just um it was awesome. I think it was really big for me just to kind of relax and be like, Okay, I got this. I know the pitching like you said, I know the pitching might have an advantage, but uh I know I can put myself in a good spot to succeed and then just with that first home run, uh it was big, especially against the Navs in our first game and in front of my, in front of the family and friends. So that was that was cool. Before we get back to our interview with Jared Dupree, we wanted to share a message from one of our sponsors, ChangeUp. We're excited to announce a brand new partnership this season with ChangeUp, a cutting-edge, player-centric pitch tracking solution promoting health and safety, allowing coaches to capture and analyze a proprietary set of performance analytics, and helping pitchers maximize their potentials. Coming to baseball programs around the world this year, ChangeUp eliminates the administrative overhead associated with adhering to pitch count regulations, allowing coaches to focus on baseball. Coaches and parents at all levels, Little League, AAU, high school, and the collegiate level take notice. ChangeUp is the clear choice to ensure your pitchers aren't being thrown too much or too often and are getting proper rest. Together, we can make this great game even better by protecting arms and ensuring compliance with pitching guidelines. For more information, visit ChangeUp's website www.changeup.io. That's www.change-up.io. Changeup. Every pitch counts. We now return to our interview with Jared Dupree. That's tremendous. Now, talking about the Navs, uh, transitioning back into 2019 a little bit, in the play-in game, very close back-and-forth game, you guys had a big lead suffered a loss and were knocked out of the playoffs. Is there any added motivation given how last year ended now with you guys coming back, getting a chance to run it back for one more summer? I definitely think so, especially since we have a few, uh, like a good amount of kids from last year uh, with Dylan Jones and, and guys like that. So they kind of had a better t- taste uh, from last year, especially the way that game ended. You know, we were up, we thought we should have won the game and we ultimately lost. So I definitely think that we kind of underperformed a little bit last year as well. So I think that brings extra motivation uh, into this year. Yeah, you talked about Dylan Jones. He was a podcast guest around episode five. What's it like playing with him after you both had such successful years last year? Uh, it's awesome. Yeah, Dylan and I guess get along really well. Uh, at the end of last year, we were all like saying our goodbyes, like, oh, this is our last time playing together and stuff like that because he's a senior. So we never thought we'd have this chance again. And then uh, – Obviously, after everything that's happened, to have to play with him again is uh, is, is really good. It's really awesome uh, because we get along really so well. And he's a great player. Uh, he does everything well. So, um, yeah, it's really great to be back with him. Yeah, he is one of the many returning guys you guys have. But you also brought in a slew of new talent. How do you feel the team chemistry has been up to this point? I think it just gets better and better, to be honest. At first, we were kind of all 
shy around each other, which it usually goes. Like, obviously, Dylan and a few other guys that played here last year were close together. But I thought everyone kind of really gelled together uh, after, like, the second or third game. And uh, ever since then, like, all the new talent um, has really connected with the uh, guys that have been here last year. And um, I think uh, we're all really close, like, already, which is just, like, awesome to see only, what, nine or ten games in. So I think that's going to continue. And uh, I'm excited to see uh, – What's uh what's about to come with the new guys? So, and you guys also have a new head coach. He was with the team last year, Kyle Jackson. Uh, but last year you guys played under BJ Neverett. What's it like playing under Jackson his first season as head coach and getting a new fresh face in charge after Neverett was there for nine years? You know, what's your relationship like with K Jax? Yeah, so K Jax um, was an assistant coach last year. So uh, the guys who played. Last year, kind of knew him a little bit. Uh, I was really close with him, actually, from last year. So having him as a head coach, uh, I think, was really big for me personally because I get along really well with Kay Jackson. I feel like I can come to him if I have a problem or anything like that. And I, uh, and I know, like, a lot of the other guys feel the same way, even though they didn't play here last year. So I think Kay Jackson does, like, a really good job of letting us, like, go out and play, being aggressive, making mistakes, learning from them. And then he also coaches us on the side, like, hey, maybe try this, maybe try that. So maybe not like huge coaching things, but like just things that like could help us make us better. And he, and we know that he cares about making us better, which I think is really important. So I think KJX does a great job and we all like to play for KJX. Yeah. And transitioning off of the FCBL a little bit, you play in Northeastern. What's it like to play there? Oh, I love playing uh, Northeastern. Uh, we got a great group of guys. Um, you know, it was tough to see this last season uh, getting cut short. But um, we really thought we had something special. But uh, all of our seniors are coming back, which is uh, which is huge. So we'll have a pretty big roster because we got like ten or eleven more freshmen coming in. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great to play Northeast. You get to play in the city. Not a lot of people can uh, can say that. And uh, it's always stuff to do. You know, it's a, uh, I love Coach Glav. Love the assistant coaches. Um, so uh, it's awesome. And before your season got cut short. You were off to a really hot start. You started all 15 games, and you had a 13-game hitting streak from February 14th up until March 7th. So what do you feel like was going right for you this spring, and how did it feel to have your season end prematurely after such a hot start for you out of the box? Yeah, so I think it all started with last summer and, and having a successful summer and just try to bring that into um, my sophomore year in Northeastern. And uh, – you know, going in the fall felt great, and then I ended up breaking my thumb, so I was out a little bit uh, in the fall, and then the winter, just getting back to it and feeling right back at myself and having the confidence that I had when I ended the summer with, so um, I think that was really important to my success in the uh, in our last season, and I feel like that continued, um, and then having the kids shut down, you know, it was tough. We started off 0-3, and then we went uh, on a run. We went 10-2 and uh, with big series wins over FAU and UCF. And then, like I said, our group was really close. So um, it was just really unfortunate to see our season end. You know, we were devastated, just like I know probably everyone was. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it kind of it stinks. But we're all excited to come back. And uh, we can't wait to kind of avenge, like, what we started. So uh, it should be, it's going to be fun. Yeah, and it's cool because you guys are also in a unique position with the co-op program there where a lot of the guys can still finish up their degree in five years and don't have to worry about finding a post-grad program. And, you know, you said you have the extra roster spots for the 10 or 11 kids. That's awesome. Yeah. So now talking Northeastern Huskies in the Futures League, 
You guys have a huge presence. Players like Danny Cross and Ryan Servone, Brandon Dufault. What's it like playing against them and getting a chance to catch up and take the diamond against guys that you're used to being in the same dugout as in the spring? Yeah, it, it, it really is awesome. I always love playing against uh, uh, our teammates uh, across the league. And even last year, playing against a few a few guys. And they were mostly pitchers. So, uh, kind of give you, give you the uh, bragging rights. But, um, yeah, playing against Cervoni, I love to see him. It's kind of tough, though, because I want him to do well. And then he's on the other team. So, I don't know who really to root for uh, at certain times. But uh, uh, we all um, – we all get along. We all love playing against each other. We all talk all the time. Hey, how'd you do tonight? How'd you do tonight? So uh, it's really, it's fun. It's fun. We had Sal Fralick on a couple episodes ago, and uh, he named a BC pitcher that he really wanted to get in that bat against and that he felt confident he was going to get hit off of. You got any Northeastern pitchers in mind that either last summer you had success against or that this year you're trying to get a lick against? Oh, I do, but he's on my team. Uh, do fall. Dufal, he's a he's a really really good pitcher. Uh, he was our closer this year, and uh, he runs a fastball up to 97. So <laughs> I've always wanted to face him. I faced him a few times in practice, but uh, like in a real game, I thought I think it'd be really fun. It's awesome that he's on my team, but uh, I wish I could face him. A few times. Hey, maybe if you're in the home run derby one time, you could have him throw to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I know. That would be yeah, that'd be something. Yeah, Dufal has certainly been one of the best out of the pen this year. So kind of back to Northeastern, one of the unique opportunities you guys get is to play the Boston Red Sox in spring training at JetBlue Park. Danny Crossan talked about it and how he hit a lot over the monster. Did you get to hit any over the monster? And what was that experience like? Uh, I wish. Uh, I'm a lefty, so I got to pull it, you know, to the deep part of the, uh, part of the park. Uh, but that experience is always awesome. It's one of the reasons why some of us really come to Northeastern to play the Boston Red Sox every year and go down to Florida and play in that park it, it, you know it's awesome it's always a packed stadium because I'm pretty sure it's the first game the Red Sox play um every year so uh the fans love to come out we obviously love to play them and then uh get to talk to some of those guys like while well, they hit BP and stuff like that is uh is really is really cool so it's definitely an experience that you really cherish every time you go there so yeah did you have any moments in the particular that you, that stick out from playing the Red Sox at JetBlue uh, yeah, so I actually made like this uh, cool sliding catch, and um, after the game, my uh, family that was watching on the TV were like, "Oh my God, they played like your catch like three or four times." It was on a highlight tape or whatever, and then I went on YouTube after the game, and it was like on the highlights for the game. So I thought that was uh, that was pretty cool. That's awesome. No better way to get your word out than having Red Sox highlights feature yourself. Yeah. And then, how about a message to uh, Nashville Silver Knights fans as we continue on with this season? Uh, yeah, just to, uh, I would say, just to keep showing up because uh, this team is something special and I really feel like we're really talented and uh, I think we have a good shot at uh, competing for the uh, championship. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, we're excited to see what you guys end up doing this summer. Um, five and five, like I said, winning five out of seven. So you guys are just starting to get into the hot streak. Um, Jared, this has been awesome so far. We got one final segment. It's called Quick Hits. It's presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League. Zephyr, high quality and innovative design since 1993. So we got a couple more questions for our audience to help to get to know you a little bit better. Is that cool with you? Yep. All right, sweet. Let's, uh, let's start it off here. Favorite teammate that you've played with in the Futures League? Oh, wow. 
that's a tough question. Uh, can I can I name a few? Yes, definitely. All right. So I'll go with Dylan Jones. He's definitely one of the faves. Uh, Billy Butler I played with last year. Um, hmm, oh, there's so many. Uh, Jack Aaron, he's back for his second year, or at least with me. And then I'm going to – last one, uh, I'll go with Eddie Jarvis, who is a uh, one of my Northeastern teammates and roommate. Sweet. The Mount Rushmore of teammates. Totally fine. We've put a lot of players in a tough position by asking them to name one. So we're, we're more than open to, to multiple yeah. responses. Uh, favorite opposing ballpark in the league? Uh, I would definitely say Worcester at Holy Cross. I know they're not playing there um, this year, but last year uh, definitely was awesome playing there. Okay. What's your walk-up music, whether it be at Northeastern, something you had last summer, something you got in the works for this season? So I'm always a rap guy, um, but my first choice for this summer, uh, it, uh, it couldn't get on because they couldn't find a clean version, which, you know, which, which kind of stinks. Uh, but um, my walk-up song this summer uh, was one of my friends on my Northeastern team favorite song, and he would always play in the locker room. So I'm like, oh, this is this got to be my walk-up song. Uh, so um, that's how I got that. But it, it is different than the one I had at Northeastern. Um, I always like to change around. I like to keep like uh, the same walk-up song. So what was what was the one that you originally wanted to get on, and then what's the one that is now your song as a substitute for the other one? Uh, okay, it was by Tory Lanez, Blue Jay Season. It's a song on SoundCloud. The one I have now is called Swervin' um, by A Boogie. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but uh, it's pretty catchy. Yes. Uh, is the Tory Lane song, is that off New Toronto too? I think it is. I think it is. Okay. I think it is. Right. Yeah, have you heard it? Have you heard I it? Have. I don't know. I have. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. uh, I'm a, I like Fargo Season. It's... Uh, Tori's yeah. a good artist, so maybe maybe if you send it to us, we can try to chop it up and get a clean version going. But um, oh, always yeah, good to hear. Unreal. Favorite big league team? Oh, it's either Red Sox. Good All man. Day. Love to hear it. Favorite big league player? Could be current or historical. Oh, David Ortiz, definitely. Everything he's done for the city and then everything he did <laughs> playing, was he's awesome. Yeah, uh, a Boston legend by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, what bat and what glove do you use? Oh, so I'm, I'm a Marucci guy. Uh, I love their bats. Uh, always have confidence with them. They're lighter than most uh, wood bats. So, um, And then my outfield glove, um, to be honest, I don't even know what it is because uh, when I got to Northeastern, I didn't even have an outfield glove because I never played it. So my friend who, who was a pitcher – um, who never used – he had an outfield glove from high school, I think. He gave it to me. I was like, oh, I kind of like this. It was already broken in. Uh, so I've been using that ever since. So uh, if I had to pick, I'd probably also be like a Marucci glove too. I think I'm getting one this summer to break it in because I've had that old one way too – the other one uh, way too long. Okay. What has that transition been like now playing the outfield? And have you invested in an outfield glove for yourself now that you're kind of in that role consistently? I have, yes. I'm breaking in. To be honest, I don't really know how to break them in. I got to ask <laughs> some guys. But, uh, yeah, I love playing the outfield. Um, tracking balls down, throwing guys out is, uh, you know, I would say it's a lot more exciting. And then what brand of cleats are you using? Uh, New Bounce, yeah, so – yeah, that's been a popular answer for sure. How about a baseball nickname? 
I have just like a nickname in general that people call me. It's Dupe. I don't know. My dad uh, was always called called it when I, when he was younger and still is today. So it kind of brought it down for my friends, and then my my friends knew it. They brought it to the team. So there you go. And then any yeah. superstitions you have on game day? Oh, I actually have a few. I'm really superstitious. Um, so I listen to the same song in the car on the way to the game um, before every game, and then I never step on the line. What's the and song? No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you what the song is. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Totally fine. <laughs> Understandable. So you were number eight at Northeastern. You were number twenty-seven in Nashua. Is there any significance with those numbers? Um, I would say eight. You know, it's just something I really always wore, like through high school and then um, into uh, college. Um, twenty-seven was just kind of given to me because I was like, I think a late addition. So I think someone on my team already grabbed eight. So I don't. I don't give them a hard time for it. You know, I did. I do mention it sometimes. Like, hey, you wear my number, but uh, he just laughs it off. But uh, uh, yeah, that's really it. Not not too not too much behind it. Awesome. And then bubble gum or sunflower seeds? Oh, definitely bubble gum. Uh, and then any uh, brand or flavor in particular? Not really, to be honest. I don't chew gum really a lot during the games. Um, just something I've never really gotten accustomed to. Um, so I would say, if my whoever really has gum, I'll ask for it but usually no not have like a flavor in mind and then how about a favorite all-time baseball memory i would say probably hitting my first home run at northeastern um at fau uh i think it was like in the seventh or eighth inning um and then my parents were watching and then my sister got a video of their reaction um so i i still have that video and i still watch it you know uh it just gives me this makes me so happy so uh i think yeah definitely did you get a chance to find and keep that baseball? Oh, I did not. I did not. I wish I did. I've I've gone a few home runs balls, but uh, I didn't get that my first one. So. All right. Well, you got the you got the reactions on camera, and you got the memories. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Jared, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. Best of luck with everything, and uh, excited to see you on the diamond soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. So this has been episode fifteen of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. We got new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're streaming on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.